VoiceTube Studio presents a refreshing, fun, and informative podcast. Come with us to learn English and explore culture. Join Steve and Winnie on Ride the Vibes. Hi, everybody! Welcome back to Ride the Vibes. This is your host Steve, and this is your host Winnie. All right. In ten episodes ago, we did our first episode on COVID nineteen. It was a little bit early, and we think that we have a lot more updates and things to say due to the changes in COVID nineteen since that episode. Yeah, when we were recording that episode, it was a very, very long time ago, and we didn't know what was going to happen in the future. So now, a lot of things have changed. A lot of different policies and regulations、um, have emerged. This episode is going to be about COVID nineteen and the future. Mm-hmm. And the future, because it's sort of like post-pandemic time now in Taiwan. I don't know if it's still if it if it's doing fine now in in America.、Nope. Judging from the news, probably <laughs> not. <laughs> no, it's not doing fine, and there's actually a lot of new riots over that murder、uh, from the police last week. So. The U.S. is in quite a bit of chaos right now. Yeah, there's like the pandemic going, and then there's also like the riots.、Um, we can give them a little bit of basic information about the riot, but today we're going to focus on COVID nineteen.、Mm-hmm. Um, a police basically, well, I, I don't want to use the word murdered, but that basically、Pretty、was murder.、Um, he killed a black man who was obviously handcuffed. So people were mad about this. Um, because this actually has something to do with racism and discrimination, and now U.S. basically the entire U.S. is just crazy right now. Yeah, mostly because it's been a very long, ongoing issue. This is not the first time. That's not even close to the first time. And like issues like gun violence, people just don't feel like there's anything being done by、mm-hmm. the government. Yes, and speaking of nothing is being done by the government, I was looking at a video this morning when I was pooping, and that was too much information. <laughs> But this morning I was looking at this video about a、nice. nurse just elaborating how it's like to work as a nurse in the hospital. Now is that these people are not being treated right? Some of the people, some of the patients in the hospital, and they were being mistreated. And I'm talking about my minorities in general. Mistreated by the doctors, by the nurses, by the doctors.、Um, some of the equipments or the instruments that they were using are obviously not not being used correctly. And the nurse that was talking in that video was like, "I was trying to help them, maybe just adjust the machine a little bit, because she knows that if she were to adjust these machines, these patients might have a chance to live." And then the people were like, you know what? It doesn't matter. They're not going to make it. I think this is something that's happening in the U.S. right now. The minorities are not getting treated. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a case of it's bigger than that. I think it's a case of the poor not being treated.、Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of minorities, especially Hispanics and Blacks, tend to be、uh, in those my in a lot of the minorities that tend to not have a lot of money or they're poor tend to be Blacks or Hispanics.、Mm-hmm. And so that's probably what the problem is. I think. I don't want to talk about this too much because this is very political. It's very、mm-hmm. complicated, and to be honest, I don't know all the answers here. But I do think there's definitely that wealth gap in the U.S. between poor and rich. And if you're rich, you get really good treatment. You get the best doctors. People take care of you. And if you're poor, you're pretty much left out in the dark,、mm-hmm. out in the rain,、yeah. getting poured on. 好，所以呢，其实这就是富足的人跟比较穷的民族他们之间的这个差距，我们叫这个叫做 gap。少数民族我们叫做 minorities。那在美国，大部分的 minorities 的组成都可能是，比如说非裔美国人这样子，就是黑黑人，就是有色人种啦。But we should probably talk about the U.S. with COVID-19 first. So、mm-hmm. 
returning to that, like the overall performance of the U.S. has just been terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been it's embarrassing. I, I almost went back to the U.S. last year permanently mm-hmm. to live last summer. Well, thank God you're still here. <laughs> yeah. So I'd probably have no job and uh, also suffering uh, with everyone else. But, you know, it's been an embarrassing response. I think there's a lot of blame to go around, especially with the government mm-hmm. and uh, in particular Donald Trump, mm-hmm. who has used. COVID-19 to try to uh, do battle with other politicians like governors. He's tried to attack the WHO. In -hmm. essence, I think he did a really bad job. He said, oh, no, we got everything under control. Or my Donald Trump voice. "Uh, No, we got everything under control here. So, I mean, basically, he said everything was under wraps. Mm -hmm. The U.S. had no plan of action for COVID-19. The Mm -hmm. testing was like $2,000 U.S. dollars, and it just blew up. And then, obviously, they had no plan. They basically only wanted to treat the rich. And, I mean... Everything blew up on them. Whereas in Taiwan, I mean, Taiwan's really become like the envy of the world mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And they did everything completely differently. So, I mean, what do you think about Taiwan's response? I feel like what Taiwan did right was in the beginning, they let people know what's really going on and let people know what they should worry about. And immediately we started having restrictions with the masks. This will ensure that most people can get masks. Because I think in the U.S., I have cousins in New York, they cannot get any masks. Yeah, it's masks are definitely in shortage. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people trying to make them with like homemade items. But I did read here that Taiwan was actually the earliest country in the world, by the way, in the whole world. Taiwan was the earliest country to enact upon epidemic prevention measures. Mm-hmm. So they, they were acting as early as, I think, the end of December and beginning of January. Yeah, like the news was all over the Internet and everyone has awareness of how how badly this might be in the beginning we didn't really know but we were at least cautious i think this is what uh what the the government did right and the government would release pas on tv to make sure that everybody knows because we got a lot of old people and we got a lot of kids at home and what do they do they watch tv so i feel like it's one of the best ways to tell people what to do so that they can be cautious with this yeah plus i mean from my perspective it's not hard to believe that Taiwan would get absolutely crushed by COVID-19. I mean, they're right next to China. Mm-hmm. Like China's like a couple stone throws away. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you know, when I first saw this, I was like, oh, my God. I'm in Taiwan. This outbreak is in China. Chinese New Year's coming. Millions of Chinese people are traveling to all the other countries like mm-hmm. Korea, Japan. And it was so close to Christmas. The world. Yeah, in Chinese New Year, I think more importantly, yeah. because that was when the Chinese were all traveling. So I was like, oh, my God, Taiwan is just going to get so messed up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I actually did an episode about how Taiwanese people don't really trust anything, like any information from uh, Chinese government. I, ha- I have that in my own podcast where I talked about it. I feel like it's also because Taiwanese people, they had some sort of distrust between, you know, the, the Chinese government and the, the messages that they release. So when people saw the numbers or saw the information that they had, they instantly would think that they would reflect on it like, do we believe in that? Or do we maybe listen to what our government is saying? Instead of trusting all the um, weird information on the Internet or conspiracy theories on the Internet. I know mm. um, in, in the States, a lot of people, they might spread out conspiracy theories or wrong informations um, that people just kind of believe in. Yeah, well, I mean, it's no secret that Chinese government is um, authority. They're called an authoritarian government. Uh, basically, you have Xi Jinping in power, and his Communist Party. There's no elections. Mm-hmm. There's no one that can challenge that party, or they disappear. So, I mean, China can essentially 
manipulate all the statistics and they can get the numbers they want every time. Mm -hmm. And there's no one that's going to really stop them from doing that. So I think most of the rest of the world looks at China's stats and looks at what China says, and they take it with a grain of salt, Mm -hmm. meaning that, eh, this is probably not true. There might Mm -hmm. be some truth to it, but we can't really ever trust the Chinese government. Mm -hmm. And also, I don't want to talk about politics too much because (laughs) Taiwan is not... (laughs) you know, a part of WHO yet. So a lot of the things that we're doing is based on our knowledge with uh, the medical system and our knowledge with the virus. But I think a lot of countries around the world, especially maybe Europe or North American countries, they kind of follow what WHO says. Yeah, well, I mean, they're supposed to be the world's leading um, health authority, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they've been instrumental in cases like with smallpox and many cases in the past. They've Mm -hmm. had a good reputation. With China, though, they basically, they've been very, very supportive of China and their numbers. And on the good side, you could say, well, okay, the WHO is trying to be friendly with China because they want everyone to share the data. Mm -hmm. They don't want China to hide the data from countries like the U.S. and Taiwan who they don't have a great relationship with. Mm-hmm. And and they also want WHL people to be allowed to go into China. Mm-hmm. So that's the good side. But then the bad side's like, well, are they going to kowtow to China? Mm-hmm. Does China have control over the WHO? Mm-hmm. You know, is, is the WHO and China have some secret stuff that we don't know yeah. about that's happening? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to say there is, <laughs> but, um, you know, something is off there. And I feel like what they did wrong, like they didn't release the information fast enough. Yeah, I think that's partially true. They certainly, um, they also advocated that no one closed their borders mm-hmm. and they let Chinese people travel there mm-hmm. early on, which to me was a bit backwards. Mm-hmm. And they also didn't declare COVID-19 a true pandemic for way too long. But I mean, it is, it's a tough situation. This is not, I mean, I just want to like put this out there. This These decisions you have to make in terms of declaring pandemics and getting data the getting China to share data, these are not easy decisions. So mm. uh, regardless of whether the WHO is corrupt or not, there's a lot of really hard decisions being made here. And we have to understand that to some extent. Okay, well, the word pandemic, pandemic is pandemic,是已经全球性的大流行了。我们平常在讲epidemic,可能它只是一个流行病,就可能比起pandemic之外,没有那么大。But when it comes to pandemic,在做这个跟全世界有关的决定的时候,就会有点难。yeah, and I'm actually curious, what do you think? I mean, this question's been um, brought up a couple times, but mm-hmm. people say it's too early. Uh, what do you think China should have to do after this um, whole pandemic ends? Do they owe something to the rest of the world? Well, according to Trump, I guess, he, China owes America big, big debt. But I feel like... <laughs> I think it's the other way around. <laughs> really? You feel like it's the other oh, way around? Oh, so much American debt is Chinese, but I, I, I get what he means. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just feel like China just... they. Do they owe the world an apology? Maybe, but I don't know if we can confirm like that the virus is like from from China, you know? Well, it certainly is because I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, the the current stance is that it came from an animal mm-hmm. um, inside a wet market where the Chinese have food and live animals all mingling together. Mm-hmm. So you have one animal that's essentially pooping, another animal might be eating that other mm-hmm. animal's poop. And then you have like these new viruses that get mm-hmm. born from having all these species together. And I think the animal is called a civet, mm-hmm. C-I-V-E-T. It's not an animal I know very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's some really crazy ideas that maybe the Chinese made this disease in a lab and it somehow got out. I feel like they just they really owe the world an apology because basically the world is stopped right now. You can't really do much uh, this year. Like my plans is to maybe go abroad more this year. But you can't really do anything about it. And the world economy took a great hit. This is what 
I, I think someone has to, someone from China, maybe just they have to step out and explain. That's what I, that's what I feel like. Because so far I feel like everybody, everybody is taking a hit, but a lot of people are importing stuff from China, right? So I feel like their economy, I don't know if it's taken a toll or something, but I feel like they owe the world an apology. Yeah, I mean, China's economy has definitely taken a huge toll. Their numbers are way down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the one interesting thing we can talk about here a little bit, because I, I want to make sure we say something positive, mm-hmm. um, air pollution. Air pollution's way down yeah. like, all over the world. Because people are staying at home more, and people are no longer uh, driving that much. So that that's also the reason why the fuel price went down. Um, yeah, I think it, it helped a lot with the environment. And to me, oh, this is such a beautiful thing. Maybe this is the chance we can step back and realize that some of our values are very consequential. Mm-hmm. Our use of plastic, um, all this stuff for using China as the world's factory. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a chance for the world to possibly be like, hey, we've gone too far. But COVID-19 has sort of taught us that we can step back and change things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people with the quarantine time spent at home, I think people now are reflecting on their lives. Um, they're reflecting on their lifestyles. They are making changes, whether if it's um, an environmental friendly decision or maybe about, you know, their careers or their futures. Because now people in North America or in other parts of Europe, they're still working from home. They're still under quarantine. So they're thinking about new way of working and a new way of career and thinking about what they can do in the future. And, you know, at current times, what can you do to improve your life? Yeah, I mean, so many things on the individual level, but also the government level. Maybe mm-hmm. this is a chance for companies to bring their businesses back home mm-hmm. rather than put them in China mm-hmm. and India, countries like that. Um, so I hope that there's changes there. I hope because I'm very pro-environment, as mm-hmm. I think most of our you listeners. Love the world. I love the natural world. <laughs> <laughs> but I think most of our listeners are also environmentally conscious, I'm mm-hmm. assuming. So I think that this is a good chance for all of us to think about it, raise our voices, and try to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I could end it on those words, but we have a little more time, though. Yeah. Um, well, I, I guess now we can talk about how long you think COVID-19 will last. Yeah, that's really hard to say. Um to be fair, we have to. Pre- I should preface this by saying nobody knows. That's the true answer. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows how long it's going to last. Nobody has known, and we won't know for still what seems to be months, if not for the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, in Taiwan, like you said, it seems like it's over. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like as long as we keep the borders pretty closed, keep people from traveling too much, it's pretty much finished here. Yeah, it is. It, it is already the post-pandemic time here. So I feel like, once again, I do have to say I feel very, very lucky to be living in Taiwan and I do feel bad for um, all the people around the world that are suffering from this disease. I just hope that everything will get better. But with my predictions, I'm not a prophet, but I feel like for all of this to end, it would take like two or three years before we can all get back to our regular normal lives, um, you know, where you can travel anywhere you want to go. Yeah, it's really hard to say because you still have some countries like Russia. Um, mm-hmm. I remember seeing recently that they're still blowing up. Um, the U.S. is still having seen increasing numbers. As long as the numbers are going up, I mm-hmm. think that there's still some time before yeah. things really start to wind down. So, I mean, I'm not expecting the world really to resume like it was before COVID-19 until mm-hmm. 2021, if not even maybe later into that year in early 2022. Gotta say, life life is going to change indefinitely. It's, it's going to change. And... Um, 
Actually, my dad told me that maybe for COVID-19 in the future, it might turn into something like the flu, like it's just always going to be there. And sometimes it will seem like it's gone, but then it's going to emerge. What do you think? <laughs> um, I, all I can say to that is I hope not. Yeah. I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> I hope not. Because, man, like life is short. There's a lot of things that I want to do. And people's yeah. relationships are, are changing because of this. So I, I read a blog on the Internet. Um, there's this girl who's, who she has like some kind of disease um, with with her lungs. It, it's not like she's like really, really sick or something, but her her husband works at a hospital. So they have to they have to separate and they don't know when they can actually get back together. And um, one sentence that she said just really hit me. And she said, I hope the day when we can reunite is when we are still of baby making age. This is this is really this is really hitting me because I didn't know that it was going to be that bad for certain people living because I live in Taiwan. For me, everything seems normal and our our lives are still are still moving. Plans are still happening. But that sentence really hit me. I don't know what you think about that. It sounds really bad, but females production reproduction age ends earlier than men's. Right. Mm -hmm. So realistically, a girl's reproduction and somewhere between 35 and 45. Mm -hmm. And those later years tend to be very difficult to have babies. So I think she has a valid point. Um, I hope she can meet her husband before she can... I hope she can meet her husband when she can still have babies as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, those are very powerful words. I think the the deeper meaning is that there's a lot of people's lives that have been really impacted in ways that um, we can't imagine because our lives are still pretty normal. Mm -hmm. And there's still a lot of suffering. There's still a lot of people coping with this virus. And there's some people's lives that will never be the same after it ends. Mm -hmm. So the ramifications of this virus are just huge. I feel like we, we should be very, very thankful that we're living in Taiwan now. But I think it's also very important that we take a look at what's happening around the world and have that empathy there. Mm -hmm. And I would say also analyze your values. Find out what's really important to you in these times. Mm -hmm. If you're stuck in your house or, you know, you see people suffering around the world, maybe this is the time to realize what really matters to you. Maybe mm -hmm. you can go out and volunteer. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, you realize you don't need so much plastic stuff. You can start cutting down on your possessions. Maybe you realize that uh, your relationship is really something that's important to you and you should give it more effort and time. This mm -hmm. is a really good time to reflect on your values. Yes. All in all. It doesn't seem like there's much to do now, but there's actually a lot to do. Listen to Steve. Steve made a good point there, all right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so for all the people around the world, uh, this is our time. This is all the time we have, and we just want to say, everybody, stay safe no matter where you are. Stay safe, and we hope we don't have to do a COVID-19 episode for number 30, but we might. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. I hope not. All right, that's all for today. Thank you for listening. All right, bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Ride the Vibes. We're glad you enjoyed the episode. We want to take our show around the world to reach new listeners. It would be totally awesome if you would like, share, and subscribe. You can now find us on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Wherever you are, we'll be there waiting. We're also now on Instagram. Find us at rtvibesvt. And definitely get in contact with us if there's anything you want us to talk about in the future. See you next time, and once again, thanks for listening.